You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, Episode 21. That is Legacy, numbering 521. I am here, as always, with my man, Matt. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? And we're starting things off. Me and you are doing a couple books, and then I'll be joined by Jason to finish up. We only have three books again this week that we're covering. There are a couple of other ones that we were kind of, you know, tossing around, things like that, but I don't know. I'd rather... It's not even just the idea of good, bad, or indifferent, but there's some that are kind of a slog. I'm not going to yeah. mention them. Might have Twilight in the title. I, I don't want to mention it, <laughs> though, but it just, I don't know. It just ended up that first issue of Avengers Twilight. We didn't really love, but even had, we struggled to even find something to really talk about. And so when I went through this one this week, I just, I think it's just not for me. So I will take the advice of everybody who says, well, if you don't like it, just drop it. It's not even that. It's just a Mm -hmm. tough one to talk about. I did get word that the Secret Wars book was really good this week. I almost at the last second asked you, but I'm not caught up on it. We skipped the last one, right? Yeah, So and I didn't read the last one. So uh, maybe we'll check that out or whatnot. But I'm just giving a shout out. My man Sully said it was really good that it was finally It finally felt like Secret Wars, and I'm like, really? Because that's what we wanted from the very beginning, that we kind of have that little soft spot for the 80s Secret Wars. So maybe that's something that everybody can check out and let us know if it's good. But me and you have two books, as I said. But before we get into that, please check out our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. Check out written reviews there. Check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. We have Marvel, DC, and other types of reviews and things on the YouTube. And then you can help us out by going off to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where we do a lot of things over there. Now, this week is considered a annuals week. It's the fifth week of comics in a month. And we do on the DC side of things, and DC really does make it an annuals week. You'll always mm-hmm. have some annuals. Marvel doesn't really play that no. game a lot. But this is a week where we could have or should have uh, put this as a Patreon-only show. But because we kind of just started getting back into this, I decided we wouldn't do that. So maybe you can give us a solid for that because I I didn't want to take it off. But going forward, when we have a fifth week, we'll probably have a Patreon-only show that week. We'll we'll talk about that later. But trying to convince people to go over and check out the Patreon. If you do go over, and the links are in the show notes of the podcast, you can go over. And get a seven-day free trial and check out all the shows we do. And we do a ton of shows. Me and Matt have a crisis-slash-events podcast. We have a ton of reading clubs, like A Walking Dead, A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a Millerverse. We have tons of stuff. So go and check that out. But we'll jump into this. And it's one of your favorite weeks. Oh, yeah. It's like two weeks in a row you get your things because <laughs> you're a dad slut fan. We talked about it last week where... You know, some people don't love the dad slot, but I ending up, I'm starting to like Superior Spider-Man a little more after three issues. Now, do I like Spider-Boy? And Spider-Boy is a book that when it first was announced, I even had a video because, and I was playing off the the email that Marvel sent out. I was like, you asked for him, you got him. And I'm like, I didn't ask for him. And, and people attacked me as if I was, but it wasn't even, I was just making a joke at the yeah, title. Yeah, joking around, yeah. And, you know, gave the news and say, hey, does anybody, is ever anybody into this? And it seemed like Spider-Boy was a character that people just wanted to hate immediately. And it, it is a shame because he is a fun character. And it's not like he showed up in Amazing Spider-Man and overtook that book. Though, if he did, maybe it'd be better than it is. Yeah, he, hasn't, dog, right? he hasn't been in there at all. No. So he's just in the Dan Slott stuff. Yeah. And yeah, he has his own title, but. I, I hate to say it again, but if you know, it's nothing that you need to read. But if you're interested, I think that it is a cool little book, and it does play out like an all ages book. So it's one of those that you could end up getting for a younger fan, maybe read along with somebody, you know, a young kid in your family. Hopefully, that is a young daughter or son, not just a young kid. But you, you can read along <laughs> with them, and I, I think it's just a fun book, and that might be few and far between nowadays. So we get into this one, and you know, officially it is Spider-Boy number three. And 
it's okay. I, 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 I need a little more, but that's mm-hmm. only because I liked the character. It's not just because I'm a hater and want, want to drop it. I actually don't want to drop it. I want to like it. And I do like what we get. I just think that there's just, there's just a little bit missing to make it that you need to read it. And I think we get it at the end of this issue. We'll talk about that after I give you the credits. It's written by Dan Slott. It is art by Paco Medina in the nonstop action figure deal and also Eric Garcianega on colors. And then in the spy lingual story, we get, again, Ty Templeton, who has been doing the art in that with D. Conneff on the colors and V.C. Joe Carmagna on the letters. So you continue the story with Killionaire and Taskmaster in the first part. It gets goofy, but that's kind of what we're here for. That's that's kind of been the book. It's a mm-hmm. lighthearted, don't take it so seriously deal, but you are getting a nemesis for Spider-Boy. And I will say it right now. One of the things that you have Dan Slott doing, Spider-Boy's teaming up with a lot of different characters, but I'm glad that you're actually in both of these stories, you are developing a rogues gallery for him, whether you think Killionaire is great or not. At least he's not, they spelled it out, and I think that that, the concept is a good idea. He can't go against Doc Doc. He can't go against, you know, Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. They'd kill him. He's he's too young. So it almost forces Dan Slott to get a new rogues gallery. And in the meantime, the rogues gallery isn't like Goblin Jr. I expected that. I expected, like, you know, Doc Ock Jr. and anything with Jr. on it, just down the line. Electro Lad or something. Yeah, something like. And it's not that. It's now he does end up kind of going against Taskmaster, but that was because Cap was with him. But in this, you end up where you have Taskmaster was had the job to do with this whole play with Killionaire, and he comes back, and he didn't really. Do the deal. He's supposed to get the super adaptoid and he didn't quite get it, but he got a hand. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I thought they were just going to play where he'd get almost like a Tony Stark hand or so. No, you, you actually get this Dr. Stillwell who ends up developing an action figure. It's an action figure. So there's not enough of the super adaptoid. Yeah. So it's only a little <laughs> action figure. <laughs> and it's funny because he's looking at it and he's pissed. He's like, what am I going to do with this? This is ridiculous. But then they say, oh, no, 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 because this was supposed to be what it was. But it's almost like if you want to go spinal tap when they end up with Stonehenge and it's just a little Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. He wanted this big guide. Well, it's just little. But when they start, they know how to pull his strings and say, well, it's super exclusive. There's only one in existence. I actually thought he was going to try to box it up and like have it on. But he does mention that he'd have an unboxing, but there was no box. Uh, But he has this and he's like, "Okay, well. I think this is kind of cool. Maybe I can make this work. Taskmaster's, you know, complaining that he wants to get his pay, all that. Yep. So Killinger goes, destroy Taskmaster. And Taskmaster has to skedaddle out because this action figure, Super Adaptoid, has the powers of all the Avengers. So you end up having, and it's neat. It'll transform into the different things. You mm-hmm. know, it's Tony Stark here, Iron Man, it attacks. And Taskmaster's like, I don't need this. And he gets out of here. So you have Killinger, he likes it. He ends up liking that he wants to use it. Fine. So then we go off to Bailey's Spider-Boy, and there is going to be a problem for him, just like a Peter Parker who needed money, you know, for different reasons. (laughs) Bailey really needs. I mean, he has no family. I didn't realize. I guess maybe it went above my head that Christina, his friend. That her family's homeless. Remember, we were complaining that her family yeah, didn't buy him uh, gifts. Yes, felt like a I, jerk then. Right? I did too when I read that. Yeah, and it actually gives Bailey a, a chance to be a pretty good guy because Christina at one point says, "Why don't you ask my mom and dad for a loan or money?" And he's like, "No, you guys are saving up. I don't want to. I don't want to do that because he saves. You know, a simple thing. He saves a cat, and then when he ends up, say he gives the cat to the lady, and then says." Okay, that'll be 20 bucks. He's like, gonna charge. And mm-hmm. she's like, what? I've never heard this. Now, it's it's not that crazy. I mean, you, you know I what mean, I mean? I mean, she did ask him, like, how can I repay you? He's like, oh, how about 20 bucks? 20 bucks. That's not hmm. that crazy. Uh, and she was just like, what? Speaking of which, one of the other things that we do on the Patreon is an invincible 
podcast and that they actually where we are at the one point for our book of the month with invincible is where you have t- the character titan go back and forth with invincible saying about who gets paid and how you want to do this because mm-hmm. it is a deal S- superheroes do all that and they don't even get paid and bailey needs money uh he has nothing uh and so that's the big and you have christina come in and like oh a hero doesn't do that so he's learning again and he's learning how to do it, but he says, I don't have anything. Even his phone. We saw yeah, it. Yeah, all stolen. I have is a phone, and then they took that last week or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. I, for some reason, I, I, we didn't double back. I'm, I'm sure he's going to get that phone back, you would think. I thought he mm-hmm. got back already, but I guess he couldn't have. He was doing that adventure with, with Captain America. So he ends up and he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to, I'll just be a hero, but hey, maybe I can be a, an adventure. You even have. <laughs> like, yeah, because he thinks you can get paid. So he shows up. It, it's all for fun. He knocks on the door. Jarvis is like, uh, yeah, what do you want? Uh, I want to be an Avenger. What kind of pay do we get? He gets the door slammed in his face and he's upset. <laughs> and he's like, well, that bites. And then he leaves. So it, it's fun. So in the meantime, you do end up having Killianer just sending out this super adaptoid action figure to just do the ridiculous. He's doing the awful pranks that you would have. On Instagram, he he's like one of the he's like Johnny Somali here, mm-hmm. where he's going and just trying to hurt people and destroy. This guy is he's a trillionaire, whatever he is, right? And he ends up where he doesn't like that a guy has like a Ferrari. And he smashes the Ferrari and it turns into Hulk and smashes yeah. it. Then the guy has a dog that's yipping and yapping. He's like, get rid of the dog. Throw turns it into in the vision. Yeah, throw it in the sun, and then he's like, yeah, we can't do that. That's a, okay, throw it in the bay, throw it in the river, and it's going to do that, and that's where Bailey comes and saves the dog, but then gets full-out attacked by the super adaptoid with Killianer screaming and yelling, oh, man, you know, you ruined everything for me. And we already know that they have that little interaction before he even knows some of the bodyguards. So he kind of like, you guys are in with this? Like, this is bad stuff. So the the big thing here, though, is when it turns into Thor to fight him. And it's funny when you have the little Mjolnir, like, fly by him. It was kind of neat. Yeah, my my question is, do you think they have the full, like, is the full power of Thor or just like a a scaled down version of it? I guess it might be the, that's weird. (laughs) I know, it's weird. If he gets hit by that hammer, he's done. Or a punch by She-Hulk, he'd be dead, too. Yeah, and he's doing that. But he, yeah, because I guess it's, like, probably scaled, but. It's got to be. He tries to pick up the hammer and can't pick it up because he's not worthy, which is kind of funny. And maybe that might play back if you want to have a callback, because at this moment, he did just ask the lady to pay for, you know, a superhero. And maybe that makes him a little unworthy. But he uses this psychology deal and says to the super adeptoid Thor, hey, read your hammer. Like what you're doing is not worthy. What you're doing isn't what Thor would do. You guys are doing bad stuff. And And really, again, it's like, Destruction pranks is what it really, and now well, attacking a kid, and also you see he's stealing his shoes too. That yeah, yeah, that's true. He's grabbing. <laughs> he's taking the shoes. everything from it this kid. It is funny when he's grabbing his shoes. I did like that little part. Thor because he yells, "Yeah, do that." He's like, get get those his shoes. shoes. He's like, "Okay, I'll take them." Yeah, I'd like to get, first off, Killianer, get a better haircut. He's got the mo haircut, and he's got the bling. Then he wants the shoes. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and so just seeing a little Thor trying to pull the. Sh- was off of Bailey or Sonny, but yeah, he says that's not what Thor would do. Do what Thor would do. Be worthy, like you're supposed to be. And it kind of, yeah, it's a little hokey, it's a little cheesy, but it works for a book like this. Mm-hmm. And so you end up where it does realize, yeah, you know, you're right. And then I like that it just leaves. I mean, it doesn't even stop killing her. It's just like, yeah, I'm out of here, and then just flies away, which really upsets. Killianer and he's yelling, oh my god, I'm gonna get you, but it sets up that kind of fun little rivalry. Yeah, and he also, the super adaptoid wanted to be his uh, sidekick. Yeah, I, then, I actually wish that that was the case. That would that would be, that cool. would be pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, and, and having Bailey have his own sidekick would have been neat, but he Because it makes sense for a kid character to have a sidekick that's an action figure. I think that's, the problem is, I think it might be a little too powerful. It would have been yeah. like OP, but I, I will say though, uh, now that I look at it, I mean, he does, his haircut actually is the Doc Ock haircut, too. So you kind of get that, which is making bad. me laugh. But it's, it's a straight really up ball bad. cut. It's really bad. Uh, but yeah, he's like, I'm, I'll make you pay. And even that, this is where I think that Dan Slott does a good job. 
this whole issue was about not having money, needing money to do, you know, normal things. He just wants to be a normal kid. Yeah, but he has nothing. Luckily, he's able to, like, live and get things from Feast, all that. But at the end, the big kicker line is, I'll make you pay. And it's kind of funny. I'm glad that Bailey's like, good luck with that because he has no money. But it's it's <laughs> kind of that it, it wraps around uh, and does a decent enough yeah, job. Yeah, you're right. It does. Yeah, and then we have a backup. And I think the backup is way more important than the front up. The front up, can, you know, ends that story, sets up Killionaire as a continuing villain. But the backup gives you the idea that even people listening may not know that he has beast mode. He ends up turning into like a monster. The spider mm-hmm. monster it's in this also though you end up having madame monstrosity who was part of his origin we kind of got away from that after the first issue and we're back to that and i think that that to me with his buddy that ended up getting turned they were turning people into all sorts of things i think that's the the cool play that they should go with uh because in this you have thor the actual thor and he, he is fighting uh, a giant, like, arachnid monster. Like an armored that, spider? Yeah, it's like an armored spider. We find out that it is kind of Asgardian. When Thor came down, he kind of could tell that. He could sense the aura and the, the energies from it and says, you have Asgardian deal. Why are you at Midgard? And he's just attacking it. But it shows you, like, Thor, he can't talk to this thing. You kind of get the idea that it might not be as evil as he thinks. And Bailey seems to think that too. And Bailey has to struggle because he's there with Christine. And if he ends up turning into beast mode, he's worried that people will think really bad of him because, as an aside, the Daily Bugle has been doing the menace headlines. They're going, yeah. he's a monster. Don't get near him. So he's afraid to do it. And I'll tell you, what I do like about this is, Christina seems to think better of people. It's like, no, they won't say anything. He, they do. Everybody's uh, like, yeah. oh my god, look at this monster, and she's like, oh god, like I shouldn't have done that. So it it furthers that. But in the meantime, he does turn into the spider monster. He could talk to this spider creature and ends up talking and says, it's just afraid. It ended up here. It doesn't know what to do. It ended up getting teleported here. It doesn't know where, what, or whatever, and you're attacking it. It doesn't really go. People might hear this and think, oh, it's one of those where, you know, they make Thor. It's not really that. He doesn't make Thor feel like a real jerk. No. Because Thor, the thing was starting to attack, so he had to get involved. He couldn't speak. But it's nice that that's that's something that Bailey can do. And Thor, with his Thor talk, is, is kind of funny. Where he says, you know, hey, I kind of heard of you. And then when when Bailey starts talking, he's like, oh, my God, you can talk, you know, as Guardian. And he says, like, I Kenneth or something. Like, I don't. Has, like, yeah, I don't. It made me <laughs> giggle. I'm like, that's pretty funny. But, yeah, the, we find out that it's a troll. It's his spider. Yeah, it's like his pet. Yep. Yeah, it's Yulik's spider. And the thing's name, he's like, its name is Klopp. It got here. And when you have Yulik come through a portal, he's like, Clopsy! Maybe laugh. It's nice. We said I mean, that it was like the, uh, uh, like Star Wars with the whole, uh, Ranker. Uh, yeah, the Ranker guy who, you know, crying for no reason. That guy. Well, I like it too because what's Thor, what are Thor's options? Just to kill it or Spider Boy actually saves it, which is good. Yeah, he's just like beating it back at one point. Yeah, but it's a monster. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's what he would think. Even yeah. at the one point, it looks like he's kind of getting overtaken by it, too. Like, <laughs> Spider-Boy actually saves him. At one point, you end up where Thor's like, oh, my God, Spider-Boy, please. Yeah, maybe you saved him. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. And I'm telling you, when you see Yulik hugging Klopsy, it's like, oh, it's not cute. I won't say that, but it's no, kind of funny. Hideous. So, again, all of this was that Bailey said, I, I know what to do. I can help, but I don't want to. Because people are going to, you know, start going on and on about me being a monster again. That's what they were printing in the paper. I can't do it. And Christine says, oh, no, no. They'll realize you're saving everybody. It's You have to do it for the greater good. You'll do it. And then he does it. And then later, I love that, like, side eye that she's doing. As I say, she's slowly walking away <laughs> to get out of there because they're like, oh, my God, he really is a monster. Wait till the bugle gets this. <laughs> and she's like, oh, God. Oh, no. And, yeah, you have a bunch of people taking videos. Then you have this Madame Monstrosity that we had from the beginning that was part of his origin. She made him. Everybody forgot him. 
And even the idea that she forgot him and was all excited, like, oh, my God, I made you. This is great. I'll figure things out. And she's like, oh, there it is. And she says, I'm going to get you. And what if I were to help move all that along about how it could get worse? Because he yells out, how could this get worse? And it's it's pretty good. The farm yeah. is where they are. And this, to me, this is where you should, from here on out, starting to, this should be the main story. We should get this. But I understand it going in the background, percolating a bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, at least it's still in the, in the uh, story somewhere. I'll tell you, I don't know if you'd agree, but I like this issue better than the first two. Nah, maybe not as much, but I like the idea where you have a fun little story and then you have a story that means something like that. Before, mm-hmm. it was just two fun stories. It was like, hey, we have a good – oh, and now we have the helium, you know, Dr. Helium. T- they were both goofy, so I was like, eh, okay, so I like I like this, but what would you give it? Uh, yeah, I'm still high on this one, man. I this Just in general, 8.5 for me. I think I'm an 8. I, I think, you know, you have liked it a little more than me, but I, so I'm not going to say it's for everybody. But if you like fun little thing, it's a young hero. I don't think it's as forced as people were afraid of. I, yeah, he has his own solo book, but that actually, to me, makes it better. Because if you do like him, here you go. You have him. I like that he wasn't in Superior Spider-Man last week because I want that book to be its own thing as well. So yeah. here we are. We have it. I don't know if it, how long it'll last or if people will like him, but he's a fun character. And Dan Slutch just developing him. We're just learning more about him. And he's not perfect. This isn't a character like people complain Miss Marvel where Captain America out of nowhere is going to start bragging. That he knows that, you know, the deal. Hey, I know Miss Marvel. Oh, my God, you do. She's the greatest. Like, it's not that. It's just him, and he's actually a bit flawed, and I like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll give it an eight. You're an eight five. I think it's yeah. something that people should at least Definitely check, check out. out. Yeah. So and see what you think for yourself. But we'll move on to the next book, and it's funny because people might get angry. But we have been not down completely on this, but the, the story has to pick up. We we have incredible hope. The thing looks great. It looks. I said it looks like a black light poster. All yes. that, but. It's it's kind of like running in place. We have this idea of the eldest who wants to end up bringing back the mother of monsters. I'm starting to lose track of what that even means anymore. I know that all the monsters in the world are kind of activated and they're doing this, but it, it kind of is like not a lot going on. If that's the case, you expect just a, a wave of things, but they kind of must line up and queue. Okay, it's your turn. You go. And in this deal, they've been going with the war devil. And that kind of gets shoved aside in a weird way to introduce this other thing. But it is the Incredible Hulk. And I'm not saying I don't like it. I, I still think it's pretty it's good. good. I mean, this issue was a really quick read, I thought. It's so quick. It's a bunch of action for I need spreads. some meat, though. At the end, I think Phil Kenny Johnson tries to make up with it with a bunch of data, but not even data pages. It's like Just story time. I'm like, something. I'm not here for that. What do you think? I like I to read, read that to do. If I like to read books, I wouldn't be talking about comics. Yeah, that the key, save save that for the X Men podcast. Yeah, really. You know, we don't need that. Jason Rubin can go through that. The Incredible Hulk number eight is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Nick Klein on art and colors, pages one to three eight to nine. Will Matthew Wilson on colors, and the other CC's Corey Petit on letters. This is part three of the Spirits of Vengeance, and I still don't really know that. I, like, wh- what is the Spirit of Vengeance? It ends up like at this point, hey, Uncle Sal. Are you going to say, hey, you don't get involved there, little kid. He's just there to protect the kid. He says it at the end. But mm-hmm. at the beginning, we're in the mind, in the, you know, no space dimension, whatever you would call it, of where Bruce Banner goes when the Hulk is there. And it feels a lot like a, you know, a Donald Blake with Thor or even, you know, Marvel and Rick Jones with the the uh, Negabans. But in this, it just, I don't know. It, it's It's this fancy deal. And it just doesn't really do much for me. It, no, it really, I didn't like where, it. This first know, part. And yeah. he's like, there's Banner. He's, it looks like an African savanna running towards this carcass. And when he gets to it, it is this monster. And the monster gets up. And even the monster's name, Ginny or Ginny Gaulle, who says, I'm the first hunter of men. And now I'm controlling Hulk. I, you know, he's my vessel now. And I'm like, 
All right. I mean, we did see that the Hulk was possessed, but I thought it was more with these War Devils. But this is kind of it's very it's something convoluted. different than the War Devil. Right? That's it's, what I'm saying. It's and very the Mother convoluted. of Monsters is something different too. Yeah, and the eldest is and the eldest. At is one something point, different I get too? confused. I think the eldest is the mother, but no, the eldest mother is trying horrors. to bring back the Mother of Horrors. Yeah, and so <laughs> and then we have a Ghost Rider too. Yeah, Hulk is being possessed by this thing, and and what it wants is the eldest wants its flesh, so then they could bring back the mother horrors. And in the meantime, it's fighting the kids, trying to you know kill everybody, even Charlie, the girl he hangs with, and kind of saved and kind of pushed aside a little by this Ghost Rider. And that's where even Charlie, like Charlie, flip flops so much because Charlie's like, "You're a hero. There are no heroes." Oh, yeah. And then the Ghost Rider stops this deal. There are heroes. See, jerk. I'm like, oh, you, you flip flopper. Mm-hmm. Try to help him. Don't talk trash. But the art looks great. I'm telling you, when you have the Ghost Rider and that kid looks so happy, I, it's just crazy insane. How could you be so happy in that? I mean, that, it's... that kid needs to learn like what danger is. This is the idea where the next thing you know, he's going to start setting buildings on fire and standing in them thinking it's great, right? Yeah, so, he's like raised by wolves, this kid. He doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> he's even like, yeah, let's do it. I want to help out. No, you do not get to help out. I keep you alive, kid. And then they just go in and they're going to end up fighting. Like, like they're fighting, I guess, Hulk, but the word that it gets confusing and then you do have the Hulk of the mind then throw shade at this Ginny DeGaulle saying, you don't control me. This is Banner's place. It's not, or not Banner's place. It's Hulk's. Yeah, because it's the Hulk of the mind has Banner trapped inside him. Like, it's just gross. I get the concept of when, you know, the Hulk comes out. But I just, in my mind, it doesn't work quite like that. It's that, you know, the Hulk and Banner, they're the same. They just transform back. And I don't know. That's it how I like it. I'll, I'll repeatedly say that, too. I don't I don't like when they're separate things. It it's even reminds me, though, of course, it reminds me a lot of the Immortal Hulk, but even reminds me of the Starship Hulk where you had the Hulk in the engine room. Like, I, mean, I, I don't that's like That's just the dumbest thing yeah, ever. Yeah, that was crazy. It really is. So, I kind of wish that we... I like the transformations we've had, but I don't know. This of the mind, it, it just gets a little wacky, especially with what's going on. But in the main story, not much progression because then Hulk is able to snap away from this whole deal. And you see the War Devils, but they kind of get pushed aside to not really do much. At one point, Hulk's like crunching up cars and throwing them, and it's fun. But that's, I think that's where it ends. He decapitates all these guys with these. It's like a snap of the <laughs> finger. I'm like, really? All that? Yeah, they're that all big dead. fat guy was killing his wife. And they're going to run. Like, they're done. And now we have to face this Jenny DeGaulle. But even that, it ends up being almost like, you know, if we're going to keep going Star Wars deal. It's, it's like, just with Star Wars. The it's fighting an edit. That's yeah. all I thought of. I mean, they're like, okay, you end up where Hulk will distract it a bit. And then you get Give those the chain. chains around yeah. the deal. They end up getting it. It's, it's ad ads. And, then it, it, and it also it's three down. page, this three double page spreads with no dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very quick. It looks again. It looks great. My score oh, is yeah, going to be great. from it looking great. But yeah, at the one point, it's so funny that me and you, we, we were talking about Star Wars before we started because we did have a Star Wars podcast on this feed. And we were talking about the different books or whatever, but it's so funny that everything we see is Star Wars, too. It's like Rancor, but we have this. But it is. It, it's the Addison. When it ended, were you shocked that it was over? Because I was. I yes. thought, I, I'm like, okay, this is cool, but what do we get? Oh, it's over? That's why when you told me you're rereading it, I'm like, how long does it take this guy to read this? This is like three minutes. <laughs> well, when I say I'm rereading it, it's also when everybody's like, get me this. And I'm like the butler. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But yeah, so they ended up knocking it down. But then when they knock it down, it, it could disappear. <laughs> Just like, we'll get you still. Yeah, would that kill it? How, is it dead now? Like, yeah, it seems like it kind of like deteriorates and becomes a husk and just blows away in the wind. And there it is. And it says, we'll get you. Eldest is still going to get you. We're going to bring back Mother Munch. Okay. And they end up where now we're going to have a little talk between Hulk and the Ghost Rider. And he says, hey, I'm here because I like to, I'm protecting that kid. You have a soft spot for the girl. They're going to come for her. You're going to have to protect her. 
We know that. We kind of know that. Now we have. We. I don't. I still don't understand this concept of this village. Like, is it a village? Is it just a? It's very odd. I thought it was just a couple cars parked together. And, and now they. And remember, this whole thing all issues ago. Like this is the third issue. They were just hitchhiking and got picked up and they brought shouldn't to even this be village. There. <laughs> yeah, where they were getting attacked by <laughs> that chupacabra, yeah. which then ends up where the Ghost Rider showed up, which then it turns into the War Devil forming in with the veterans coming to the. T- it really like it almost feels, and this is I don't know if this makes sense. The thing that gets me, it always feels in this book like. Things would have been fine if they would have taken a left somewhere. Like, yeah. this all would have been averted. Nothing yep. would have happened. It never feels like it's crucial to anything going on. And now it, it feels like the Ghost Rider book. When it See, started, people did like that, but that, that gets. Well, that's my, we need my biggest problem with it is the Ghost Rider because, A, he's not any different than any other Ghost Rider besides he and drives really a different motorcycle. He really didn't get anything rules or anything. It he just exists was. just to protect this kid. That's it. Because if the kid dies, then something goes wrong with the world, he says. But- and even points out that this big, but everything is like that. Like, oh my God, like everything's a concept still. I think it could get good. And it, I think people love it. It's one of my favorite, it's weird. It's one of my favorite Marvel books. That might be because not a lot are hitting, but like the concept of, oh my God, there's this eldest and it's going to bring back the mother of hearts. Like, okay, that sounds cool, but they just keep saying it. I don't really. Get it? I don't grasp it fully. I have to say, and then you have a ghostwriter. Then I'm like, it sounds cool, but it doesn't make complete sense, and I don't quite get it. Then you end up getting this Ginny DeGaulle, looks like a crazy, you know, roided out woolly mammoth of some sort. And again, I don't. You have this. Yeah. Ha- then you have to have a whole page about them just writing, and that seems too much. And you know, you have Philip Kenny Johnson who is in. He loves lore. And he loves like made up histories and things like that, but you gotta put that in the comic. A lot of people are like me and you, we're lazy and, and we, we don't like reading. When I get done, I, I'm like, I just read the issue. I don't, oh, it's just weird. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And again, when you look at next issue, the cover looks incredible. <laughs> it looks so good, but it looks like they stumbled upon a. You know, a shack out in the woods where a lady has all these monsters in her. Yeah. She's got the, the technicolor ghost coat or something. I don't know. I, I just, I guess some people could just lay low with the ride and let's see where it takes Maybe us. Maybe this is I, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's backdoor pilot into writing Ghost Rider. I don't know what this is. Yeah, I'm, next issue is just others. I, I just don't get Maybe. it. I, I mean... It seems like that book, though. Remember, we, you, you said that at the beginning. It's very much like the Ghost Rider, where you there's just every start, issue. Yeah, you have to start hitting something with you know more oomph with a story that has more to it than just let's travel Whoa. place to place and stuff. It's like they're the A team of monsters hunting here. They're they're going to go wherever they're needed. And it's like the Hulk TV show where he did hitchhike around, but I need more than that here. It's also basically a horror book too. That's yeah, what this yeah, is. it is, and that's fine. I know that people would like that, and the art's great. But yeah, I just—that's I, the thing. I I like it, but I want to love it, and I think the pieces are there to maybe really like it. I want to know more. Like I know about Charlie, but I want that to be more than just her screaming on the side and the whole protecting her and then her flip-flopping and nonsense but mm-hmm. what would you give this um i still like it i mean it's it's solid I like it's a lot it. better it's weird. Than... i seem like i hate it but i don't uh, uh, 7.5 for me uh, i'm a 7.5 as well well how i'll explain it is how i explain to my wife when me and her get in an argument like mm-hmm. say she doesn't take her meds right so mm-hmm. i argue with her about the meds and she thinks i'm being mean but i say to her i wouldn't yell at you about this if i if i didn't care if I didn't care, I wouldn't care. And that's kind of how it is with this. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I bitch about it because I, I like it and I think it could be better. It's just missing out on something. It always feels like you get the momentum by the end of the issue and then you have to restart it every issue. And, and that's not something that's not the way I like to run things here. So maybe they'll switch yeah. it up. But speaking of that sort of thing and speaking of a book that was very odd and never got going at all. I'm going to go off now and talk to my man Jason to talk about the Avengers Inc. book that is canceled. This is the finale, and it was one of those surprise cancellations that nobody knew about. And a lot of times at Marvel, you know, you know as well as I do, 
they'll have a many in mind, but they'll see, they won't say it. I've been told by, I think it was Brian Hill, mm-hmm. who, when he was doing my, they, he knew it was a mini and it was the, uh, the one X book that he did, but they said, don't tell anybody. You're not allowed to tell anybody because minis don't sell. So they pretend it's an on. This was not the case. This book, it's very obvious it was supposed to be an ongoing and they just cut it off at the knees. Yeah. Ooh-wee, it's got Marvel a lot of used stuff. to, Marvel used to do that. They'd be like one of six, one of two of six. Like they would put that kind of stuff. They stopped doing that. Yeah. And me and you, we struggle because we're doing the pod. You want to be able to tell people, okay, well, you have that. So we look and there's been so many times where we've been like, is this a mini? I don't know. And then we say it isn't, but then two issues later, they say it is. And then we look like schmucks. But yeah, yeah, this one ended. It was not supposed to be a mini. You can tell. Yeah. But it, it could have been bigger. Nobody is reading it, though. So me and Jason will talk about that to finish up the show. All right. And to finish things off, I'm here with my man, Jason. What up, Jason? Hey, Jimmy. Here we are. The, the big finale. What we've all been waiting for. The final issue of the series. Uh, the last chance for Janet to wear some nice fashionable clothing. Uh, the big return of Hank Pym to the Marvel Universe for uh, a hot oh, minute. Yeah. 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 We, we got big, all of that. Book. I love at the end because when we had been going through these, and I think we're the only ones who, <laughs> I'm not just saying <laughs> read it, but talk about it on the podcast. And it's kind of been kind of the quirky little book. It's weird. Like, we don't hate it, but it always felt like it wasn't doing enough. And we kept saying, boy, I hope that this has a long time to go because we're not really doing (laughs) stuff and oh my god i I really love the concept of it right we've got this kind of detective noir side avengers book that's drawn and colored in a very different style it feels like you know if this was just you know puttering along on the side it could do some cool things but it's never really now taken advantage of that opportunity hasn't seized the day no it hasn't and we could tell and we thought the problem with just not the whole idea of it getting canceled but we were we were worried that it was a little bit odd and the pacing was really slow in the way that we were doing these weird little mysteries that weren't right. really mysteries but they wrapped up quick so it's kind of neat i mean but yeah we were worried that maybe uh it, the time might not be there for and they ended up canceling it they ended up canceling it at five and me and you both had the same exact idea going through this as we were reading it because you said it right when we got on here where you said like hey if we were trying to figure out if it was going to originally end up five or whatever <laughs> we found out because boy Clearly a lot wasn't. Gets yeah. and the, the only other thing that really like tickled my fancy was at the end because you've been mentioning a lot not that you're a fashion guru or anything you know fashion <laughs> as far as you here, know yes as you but I mean, I've never let you have at the end where Janet's like, and maybe next time I'll wear a cool outfit. I'm like, yep, that's what this was about. You said it right away that I'll give you credit. Like right away, you said, I think the part well, she, of this is yeah. the fashion. Well, she says, maybe I'll even wear a costume because maybe I'll be back in, you know, wasp superhero costume again, depending on whatever this, whenever the stupid law gets changed. Kind of funny. So we will see how that goes. And this will end up going to the Avengers book then And it always was That was one of the things where I remember somebody saying When the first couple of issues came out And said, oh, hey, Jim Do you think that this is going to last? I don't think it's going to last And I said, well, it'll last at least Until it ties in with the Avengers Because they kept saying that It didn't last that long That's no. the problem There's, there's oh, no timing except for Hey, if you want to read more books That say Avengers on the cover Go uh, go read Avengers Yeah, so we'll see how this that's so But it is Avengers Incorporated or Inc. Number five It is written by Al Ewing Pencils by Leonard Kirk Colors by Alex Sinclair Letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit Does have a editor's note I laughed at when we were talking It says this takes place before the events of Moon Knight Number 30 just mm-hmm. so that you know it's Mark But there's so yeah, many you, other you things You can tell because he's not dead That's kind of, Not that he acts like Moonlight at all in this book But but he is Moonlight And most of the people on purpose aren't acting Like themselves But still, and I said to you I'm going to lean heavy on you with this But you already said The big thing was A lot of people were At least they were interested a little of Oh my god, Hank's going to be back? Well, what's up with that? Yeah, that was the hook that made it Like, even if you don't care about the fashion And the mysteries And the the different art If you care about, you know, Hank Pym And his place in the Marvel Universe You gotta read this book Was, you know, at least the pitch and uh, yeah, it didn't really, didn't really, you, you didn't miss off all that much. He's not suddenly going to be joining the Avengers. He's not part of the next big event. He's just kind of 
off somewhere else. Yeah, and and the problem with this, well, Al Ewing set up this book in a couple things that really weren't read by a lot of people. We we've talked about it before. The Ant Man mini that was really good. Then the Wasp one, which yeah, is okay, and it kind of, and then you go into this. And yeah, maybe that's a bad play, but if you have been following along all those, it is kind of a shame by the end to be like, oh God, they, they really rushed too. Because now we're just going to throw a lot of exposition. And here was my plan. I mean, that's how it starts where yeah, hey, we kind of got the plan, but know, it's so weird. Seven, eight pages is just a flashback of Hank Pym setting up the, the nanobot ant that goes into Whirlwind's head. And as he does it, he narrates his entire life story, it seems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's talking, a little yak And so the, the big idea and the thing that ended up at the last issue and as we're going forward is Ultron. The idea of Ultron being in Hank's head, but that was changed. But now the idea... Yeah, the, it's the big okay. reveal was that the uh, that weird guy who ended up in Whirlwind, who was... Uh, what the heck was he even called? Victor Shade. Oh, Vic Shade, yeah. yeah. He said, aha, I'm actually Ultron. And he kind of stabs... His uh, you know vibrating hand through uh through Pim's chest like oh Pim, did he yeah. just kill Hank Pim that seems like a big thing that did and we find out though that what this really was was Hank trying to figure out how he could maybe get rid of Ultron or at least contain him so he's going to separate him it's that yeah, classic. it's weird because we were assured near the end of the last issue that through that weird future shenanigans stuff Hank had been had rid himself of the Ultron taint so to speak. Uh, but it turns out uh, maybe not so much because he's actually still contaminated with Ultron and his whole plan, he's out to get Ultron, reforming a new lethal legion, recruiting these bad guys by shooting these little zappy zappy nanobots to their heads. That's actually Ultron guiding his plan. So it's this weird back and forth where it's it's Hank's plan, but Ultron is messing with it, but then Hank's kind of messing back at Ultron and so like, like he was putting some other bits of good AIs into the nanobots, like like the original uh, 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 Jim Hammond and yeah, uh, yeah, the original Jim Hammond's Vision. in there. Yeah. So yeah, he's getting some like he says that Jim Hammond has the you know the honor and and the vision. He has these defense, so he's adding these other AIs to control the Ultron AI as he scatters the Ultron AI through this whole play. While Ultron's kind of doing it, it's very wacky. All it's this backstory feels wacky. like it was planned on being dribbled out over four, five, six more issues instead of just, you know, told to us in a big shot at the beginning. When Janet ends up going and like, oh, my God, like the whole mystery of who's going around and doing these things. And then they realize, oh, my God, the coroner's Hank him. Like that was so out of nowhere. And even when you have it here, he's like. Yeah, and then I kind of finagled myself in as the quarter. <laughs> like, that's not enough. Yeah, then, <laughs> it's so It weird, happened right? off screen. You don't need the details. It's fine. Just, it, it happened. But I do like that he's talking at this point to the robot ant of the Vic Shade deal, and he's like pointing, and you are yeah, now going to go here. I'm like, oh, yeah, It God. seems like this ant was really the personality that was Victor Shade, right? So when it when it went into this the head of this bad guy, Whirlwind, who has who has a mother name? Uh, all the, the speaking like Victor Shade, and I'm doing this, and I'm assisting you solving mysteries. That was the ant doing that, who had some of the personality, had some Ultron in him, but also had some of the personality of the Vision. It's like you wait for somebody. Hey, you have any Ultron in you? Do you want some? <laughs> See, I was Ooh. waiting for that, but I'll tell you when I realized, like when you're getting that exposition of Hank, you're right away. You realize, like, yeah, this is kind of forced. But when he points to the ant, you see through the point of view, and he goes, oh, and by the way, I'm not going to remember this, and you won't either. I'm like, oh, God. It made me laugh so much. I'm like, oh, we're playing this game. <laughs> but you end up there. There's an okay battle going on here. It's just that it's so weird. This ends up being such yeah, well, a first poor be- ending, but it's battle, not his fault. A big reveal that undoes last issue's big reveal, because... Yes, I am Ultron, says Victor Shade, but I'm the good Ultron, Ultron 12. Are, are you familiar with Ultron 12? I, I'm not really a big Ultron guy, so I don't really know where he comes from. I guess he's associated no, with not. the West I, Coast yeah, Avengers? I don't either, he says. And that's where, again, if you want to know why Moon Knight might be here, it's because he was part of that. But it doesn't right. do much. He's like, oh, West Coast Avengers. I like where Moon Knight's like, oh, 
That's my thing. Yeah, it's like the it's the it's the Leo pointing me. Ooh, I recognize that. That's all he does. It's all issue. It's so weird. Like, why did you do that? But yeah, so you get this West Coast Adventures tie-in, but that has Janet involved as well. So there's the tie-in, but it doesn't really do much. That happens a lot in this issue. No. So yeah, this is the good Ultron who said he was trying to soft reboot Hank Pym. That, okay. Yeah, and by knocking him out. It's all the little bits of Ultron and the rest of the Lethal Legion take over. And so they're, that's actually kind of cool when they're talking as a group one word at a time, I guess, as Ultron. That, you can imagine that in like a, a, a animation or live action as being really spooky. That's kind yeah, of I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. And again, it, it, this is a lot of Al Ewing, obviously. Uh, but you get some cool characters that you'll never get any other place. And it almost feels like at the end when he's talking through Janet and talking through, you know, the, Ultron 12 and all that like he even plays around like with that hey we got to see some cool people and do some cool things but that's okay and you do have some humor in it too as this is going uh no but it's it's okay yeah Janet calls in the rest of the Avengers she she had apparently she had figured some things out so off screen again in between like on her way to this location she had set up if I say the word assemble then all these other Avengers are going to show up. Uh, the Valkyrie and Mayor Luke Cage and Nadia Pym and somebody else. And Vision. And Vision. So Real when Vision. you have that, like, that's, I mean, she says, hey, she didn't know. Like, that's the weird play. You know, you can't even, I guess you can't blame him. He has to get this done. But I don't know. Maybe you just have this big fight and get in and out. They kind of do. But it just seems and he, just he tries so to crazy. have this very touching father daughter moment mm-hmm. between Hank and uh, and uh, of Nadia. Nadia, I keep wanting to say Jan, but Nadia, the other the other wasp, the new wasp, and he like he gives her a mission. I'm going to give you this. This it's my code for all my nano ants. I know it's corrupted by uh, by Ultron, but I want you to debug it. And that's where I laughed because the debug, it's, it's and code. I mean, it, it, what is it? it yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, so it's, when the, it's the big, it's the best joke <laughs> of the issue and it's not meant it to is. be a joke. I'll tell you, the only other thing that I thought was funny in it was where when the Avengers show up, Eric O'Grady goes, Hey, I'm out of here. It's <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't my thing. And, and he Which I didn't quite follow. And... I was like, well, I'm already an AI. And so. Hank didn't really hit me with the Ultron. Ultron just made him think. I so whatever. I, I would think Ultron could take over him easier than anybody else. But I guess he's he's still kind of an sob. But he's he's not really part of the whole Ultron thing. It is one of the where they go. Oh my God, O'Grady, and he goes O'Grady too. I'm the a- okay. All right, see ya. Which we had talked about, I think, in previous issues. Like, yeah, he's reminding ourselves that he's not really the the, the human. And I like Eric O'Grady the human and it was kind of funny he's like yeah i'm gonna battle here but there are a couple things here that you would have expected the Nadia stuff that probably would have lasted a couple issues yeah least, that could have IP, worked yeah. a lot better if it gets set up over a little bit of time maybe they they meet each other and they don't really quite get along and i'm not sure what my dad thinks of me and you have some of that rather than yeah oh here you are Nadia. here's my code you're the greatest. Only you can save us. Only you Off can I do go. it. I trust you. Hey, and, and you even have a Janet narration of saying, oh, I'm glad that she gets to meet her father and he's going to do what he would want have done to him. Gives her a job. I'm like, that's not the greatest. But you, you have all this going on. And like I said, it's a weird thing. Like, I'll ask you now, like, do you think besides maybe some like how are the? it seems like he wants to shove things out there so that he can use them later but are they gonna end up being known by anybody now because nobody read this book like the idea of oh i gotta have nadia there it's nice enough but nothing happened because it's yeah, too i don't quick. think we're gonna get a mini series of her debugging code i, I don't see that as a big seller and, and like even if there's another al ewing book that he wants to but if he continues this in another book then why wouldn't you just do it here and i don't i think it'll fail anyway because Everything is kind of lesser, lesser, I, I lesser. I think putting this. these characters away for a while, but leaving some dangling threads, you know, just almost as like to be a, a good team player. Here's some things that somebody else could pick up down the road. Like, for instance, uh, those nanites that were taking over Whirlwind and making the Victor Shade, those all come out. And they take over this robot body that Ultron was in, and they kind of, now I'm this new good Ultron, calling himself Mark. I guess for Ultron Mark Twelve, Mark Twelve, but like yeah, even in the text, why. he like acknowledges that's a really dumb name. I should change <laughs> that 
again, leaving it open for some future writer to just say, yeah, I changed the name. I've got a better one now. So we've got this, we've got this nice good guy Ultron running around in the world. So that's one thing going forward. And then Hank Pym says, you know, uh, Ultron, the real bad Ultron is still out there somewhere. And hey, Lethal Legion, you're still with me, right? And you're like, yeah, whatever. And they disappear into subatomic. Poof gone, shrink to the miniature world. The, during the fight, what, what you have here, and, and you kind of mentioned, you have a fight going on, but then you have, like on the side, this, it's almost like an Ocean's Eleven deal with Lodestone's going to make a body for Ultron. But then that's going to get shut down. So then, then you could have Mark go into the body. Like, yeah, it's all super, super convenient. It just, they needed to have somewhere to put this Ultron character. They needed some reason for Hank Pym not to still be around in the Marvel Universe because no other book is going to acknowledge that he was ever here and gone. But you do have that Mark, you know, the Ultron good deal guy. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And- you know who I feel bad for, though? Whirlwind. He has got to have no idea what the hell's going on. Last he knew, he was in prison. Then he gets nanites to his head. Then he's running around as uh, almost kind of like Vision. And then that gets pulled out of him. And I, he gets tied up in these burning chains, which seems like a Ghost Rider thing. But I guess Valkyrie can do that. Some, she's got that magic transforming weapon. So yeah, at she the has end, the all weapon. he's just lying on the ground. Also, Eric O'Grady, robot there, all tied up in these flaming chains. And he's going to be thinking, what in what the hell happened? is, what, what happened to my, I, I put me back in prison. I don't want to be here. Yeah, exactly. Take me to the raft. i my head. Please. I'm burned my entire torso. <laughs> he says, screwed. And then, I, I love it. They're like, oh, well, don't you remember, you did this. He's like, I didn't even have fun doing that. He doesn't even get a line of dialogue. I would have loved him to have like one line of dialogue just saying, oh, oh, huh? Just give him a huh. That's all I want. WTF. <laughs> and then he falls. <laughs> this this <laughs> last week of my life has been a whirlwind. Ah, there we go. See, he did that it. that would have been good. What a whirlwind <laughs> adventure. Uh, but yeah, you have this. In, I, I like the art in the series. This feels rushed at points because it is, I think. Like, even some of the transformations, they kind of are yeah. cool, but not, not some of them not are rushed weird as in time to draw, but rushed like, and so much stuff has to happen. Like, there's, there's no, there's no splash page. There's no real room for the artist to go and show off. It's just, you gotta convey so many steps of dialogue, so many plot points that it, it looks fine. It looks really good. I like the unusual coloring, but yeah, it doesn't have those moments that you'd want to build in for your, your artist to really show his thing. And if you do, if you are reading it or you, you have a chance to or see it, it more if you're not reading, if you're in the comic store and you page through this, it, it there's so much going on. I mean, each page, there's a ton of because a ton of things are happening, but a lot of it's just getting thrown at you. And then at the end, you, you just realize as you go through like, all right, that should have been longer. That should have been longer. You even have like crazy things at the end where. Oh man, we got this all done, and just people show up, and they're—it's uh, just crazy. Cobra shows up. Oh my god, and he's there. Like things just happen, but you end up having Hank out. Hey, we're gonna go off to Subatomica. That kind of resets that, and then you have this—you know—Mark, this whole good Ultron deal, hanging out with Janet, and she says, "Maybe next time I'll wear a costume." And everybody's like in these poses there. I'm like, all right. But yeah, you even get yeah, Ant-Man shows up pose. with Nadia. And- They're all looking at the camera. You got Luke, Co- Luke Cage with his arms folded like, yeah, I I was in this book, too. I was in issue one. Remember that? <laughs> it's so funny. We're in this, too. Moon yes, like in the background. I'm about to die, but no one knows that. Oh, yeah. Look at him. He is. <laughs> and you also then have Whirlwind. It's like, what? The-? He's still just lying there. He's like, what the hell happened? Uh, and Eric O'Grady. But. That's how it ends, and it ends in a way we read all the issues. Like I said, it, it's a weird book. I didn't like it at all at first because I, I like, what is this book? What's mm-hmm. going on? It seems I think weird. The, the concept appealed to me more than it appealed to you, but none of the execution ever really as it lived went up on. Though I do have to admit, it became okay. our little quirky book that we had fun. We joked around a lot because these mysteries, some of them. You had like these weird solutions, like, oh, it's the guy who didn't run. And the yeah. we talked a lot about Encyclopedia Brown. Yeah, like, she, a lot. she saw things faster than Encyclopedia Brown, and those books were a page and a half long, sort of page and a half long, but still somehow faster. But at the end, I have to admit that up until like ish, one, two, three, four was a little wonky, obviously, because we were heading to the end, but I was starting to like it a little more. I, I could have seen it growing a little bit more and more. 
you know, for us to talk about, it was a quirky deal and kind of a, it, it really fit as a side book, uh, which it, it was, but it was too aside and failed. So we, we get, and I'm not a huge Al Ewing fan. We talk about that a lot in the Slack. I'm oh, not we a had quite the, We had quite the Al Ewing book on the, the Weird Dose X this week. That was, that was really something. Exactly. So I'm not, you know, and I think Al Ewing's one of those guys that he deals with things that if you are a fan of those, yeah, obviously you'll, because he does really wacky off the wall things that you don't get from other books. And you even said in the Slack, like, that's kind of cool. Like, you have to have somebody doing that. You can't just go vanilla all the time. So he tries. Some writers just kind of feel like they pick a random character from the Marvel wiki and just throw it in there for no reason. But Al Ewing, you can tell he picks these characters on purpose. And he understands their histories and why they make sense in different situations. They don't not always convey so well to the reader, but you, you feel like he knows what he's doing more than some other writers. And I, I think I mentioned it last episode that we had this book. I still do think he'd make a good editor. I think that he'd make a good, especially at Marvel, because, boy, he knows how to de- deep dive. And he could be one or an, an advisor, maybe. Like, he, you know, writing, maybe they do. But, you know, if you were writing a book and you needed some Hey, I'm doing with these three characters. I need something obscure. Do you know? And I think Al Ewing would be like, oh, you have this, this? Oh, try this character. And maybe point you in a direction because he does seem to love the deep dive, but that's not everybody's thing and the things always don't hit. But what would you give this at the end? Oh, yeah. It's, again, I like the concept, like the art. The story is just rushed nonsense. A plain old regular five out of ten. Better luck next time, Al Ewing. I hope yeah, your, I think your so next title too. works. Yeah, I think I'm a five out of ten and maybe, you know, maybe get back to the drawing board and don't rely on some of these failed things Uh, where I realized there was trouble. Ultron, big thing in in my mind. And we have that big cliffhanger. And I didn't hear anybody but us talking about it. (laughs) Ultron, Hank Pym, all big things. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. I'm like, this should be big. Like, people should be losing. No, nobody's mentioning it all. And I don't even think anybody like I said, I, I don't really hear it mentioned on a lot yeah, of podcasts. And it but. doesn't really change the Marvel universe, right? Everything that was big, I mean, Hank Pym was back, but now he's gone again, so no one has to pay attention to that. This new Ultron guy in a suit running around, maybe he'll pop up somewhere else? I, I'm curious. I'm really curious to see if he shows up in the background of wait, like a, some story, some arc in Avengers or in something else. Uh, and and where is Janet Van Dyne gonna gonna pop up next? Because I don't like know. you say Al Ewing's been having a series of books with her. Is anybody else gonna pick up this character and run with it, or is she kind of being put away for a, another couple of years until someone else gets an itch? And that's the weird thing. I I I think that it's a couple of issues from that because they pushed the ten, and it's so lame. Hey, if you like the Avengers, go and read the other Avengers book that's not connected. Oh, okay. But I know at one point the big thing was stressed that it was going to have, you were going to have Janet and you were going to have what I guess at this point would be this mark in the Avengers book. So we'll have, we'll have to see if, if they scrap that because it's canceled and, and things. Maybe they should have done that earlier. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's trouble. Even at the one point where Janet's like, I kind of like this Avengers team. Uh, you know, we got the gang back together. You're like, no, no, you didn't. You're done. So we'll see. But we got some fashions. Also, uh, speaking of fashions, it was like Luke was at like a, a a barbecue or something. He's got crap all like nobody else is dirty. He's just got <laughs> crap all over his clothes. I'm like, what oh man, was, did he get torn up by laser beams or something? Yeah, something. He was jumping around and stuff. But it's weird because usually what you'll get with Luke is they'll rip the clothes off of him or burn him. But it looks like he's got a lot of barbecue sauce on on his white shirt. Oh my God! I Jessica's think maybe like be when pissed. he burst in through the wall, like yeah, Man or something. Been. That could have been it. Yeah, it's just funny, Jessica. Like, what did you do? Where were you? He's like, hey, baby, it's a long story. Oh, they tried, but oh, well. that is it for the entire show. So I, I thank everybody, but especially Jason for joining oh, wow. me again. Thank we're gonna have, sir. and me and you actually don't have. We have to come up with another book now. This is like our little book that almost could, but it didn't. So we'll we'll get something else to be talking. I'll be about. back. But also listen to the, him and Ruben talk shade. I, I hear it. Not I love how Ruben. Ruben seems to think like I don't hear him say his <laughs> nonsense. I hear it every what, time. What does just, he think is editing this podcast? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, the last time I was going to put, like, I usually put the Greta, how dare you? And I wanted to, and then I forgot. I was like, oh, I should have put it. Only I only put it so he knows that, that I, I'm, listen, I'm listening in. I used to, like, dive into the show and, like, 
that ain't gonna happen because you guys were talking <laughs> about the Avengers, which made me giggle. So with all that, thanks, Jason. I'm gonna let everybody know what we'll talk about next week. All right, and that is it for the show. Let's see what books we may talk about next week. We start out with what will be a solo review from my man Zach because Alien number four comes out, and that is a book that he has been enjoying more and more. So hopefully that continues. We also have Avengers number 10. Oh my goodness, Avengers number 10. Avengers, the book is heading towards some X Men stuff. And I have talked to Jason and Ruben, and they're going to do those issues, but we'll see what's going on uh, with number 10. We also have Daredevil Gang War number three, Captain America number six, and possibly I might talk to Matt and see if we may mix in a Star Wars book. Star Wars Mace Windu number one comes out. Maybe a side book like that is something that we can end up getting back into at least some of the Star Wars stuff. But I did miss one book because I left it for at the end. The big book, Ultimate Black Panther, number one. We'll see how that is. See if it continues all the hype of the Ultimate Universe. I know that it's not going to be as hyped up as a Jonathan Hickman Spider-Man book, but hopefully it continues the quality. Hopefully people are still excited about the Ultimate line of stuff. The next one after that, of course, will be Peach Momoko's X-Men. We'll see how that is. I see some people looking forward to it and some people dreading it, but we'll we'll see. We'll see when all that comes down the pike. But once again, thanks, everybody, for listening. And quickly, if they, you want to know where we are and what we do, all that, you can go and check out the show notes where we have a bunch of links to our website, our YouTube channel, which you could just look up Weird Science Comics. That'd be pretty cool, right? Go there and subscribe to it. Also, things like our Patreon, where we do other exclusive podcasts that you can listen to each and every day, each and every week, each and every month. And that is patreon.com slash weird science. So thanks, everybody, once again. And we will talk to you all later. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.